Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We have weathered the storm here in Lubbock. Survived the blizzard. Yep. Um, Shelves bare of all bread, milk, and eggs, yet here we are with... uh, no protein deficiencies that I'm aware of, and and ready to pod. We've got three games to talk about this week. Yeah, weird uh, weird scheduling thing Yeah, that we had three games. Uh, obviously, we're recording a day late because I went to the game last night, and then we decided it was too late to do a post-game recording because I wouldn't have been able to get here till probably 11. Yeah. To start at 11 would have been a little rough. It's been- already going to be a long episode. <clears throat> Then cover three games like we will tonight. It's going to be a lengthy discussion. Sure, sure. So tonight we will be going into basketball, talking about the game last Wednesday night against West Virginia. This past Saturday on the road in Lawrence. And then last night versus Oklahoma. Upcoming schedule. Then we'll turn to football a little bit, talk about our man Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl. Some Hall of Fame snub action. Um, give a really quick update on National Signing Day, which was today. Talk about season tickets, then turn to baseball really quickly. Your questions and what we learned. However, before we do any of that, we need to make sure you know where to find us. Obviously, you're listening to us. If you're not following us on our social media channels, you definitely should. You can find us on Twitter at 23Personnel. Me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK. That's correct. That is correct. Also, the newly launched Instagram account at 23 personnel podcast go check us out getting my uh social media graphic design prowess <laughs> back beefing it up a little bit canva big help oh yeah canva's nice yeah um i actually had uh the guys austin from ramblin raiders reach out he said hey man you guys doing a good job on instagram what are you doing to, to design it's like dude canva it's free Templates, yeah, nail it. Just do it. Seth, Seth was taking the planes. Is who originally told me about Canva. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've only used it a handful of times. I'm terrible. I am. I'm so bad at aesthetically pleasing designs of anything. Um, but it's 
it does make it a lot easier, even for somebody like me. We are not sponsored by Canva, by the way. But no. if you know someone who would <laughs> who would want us to plug their site, we sure could. We could we could plug it a little bit better, a little bit harder. That's what she said. <laughs> yes. Um, but just just going back to Ramblin' Raiders, if if you are looking for more Texas Tech podcast edge, check them out. Yeah, they're super, on, on super the, active on the gram too. On on Instagram, they are thirty ish episodes in. Nail it. They did a good job. Uh, guns up. Testosterone. All these Texas Tech podcasts. If for some reason you don't like us, plenty of sure athletic podcasts to follow. Only one baseball podcast, though. It's Dinger Derby. You have to go follow Keith Patrick. Um, our man dropped another episode this week. And it should be a regular re- release schedule going forward with baseball season starting next week. Michael, can you believe it's already here? No. Does it start on Valentine's Day? Yep. It's, it's like a day game, like a mid- early afternoon. So you, you still go out that night, but. Sure. That's, I, I no, I can't believe it. Um, it just seems so odd with pro baseball starting so much later. Um, maybe that's the. That's where I get mixed up because pro baseball and college, I mean, sorry, pro basketball and college basketball start about the same time. Football's the, the same thing, like a week apart maybe. But baseball, man, almost two full months ahead of when the pros start. So it just it just does seem really early. But it should be a really exciting season. And, yes, definitely check out Dinger Derby. You can follow him at Dinger underscore Derby. Is there an underscore or not? Oh man, I, I don't Keith, I'm doing such a great job at this. But you can follow I think Keith it's at, just at Dinger Derby. You can follow Keith at Keith B. Patrick for on sure the, on the Twitter. Um he's also on, on Instagram, but he, he was telling me last night he's having some issues with the the gremlins and the gram that are not a lot allowing his activities. Like it's oh. it's weird. like he tries to like something or post something or follow somebody. And it's like marking him as spam or something. He's like, no, I'm actually, this is real. There is an underscore. Dinger underscore Derby. I was there right. You go. Also, Michael hinted at this two weeks ago, uh, and I finally finalized everything with that. We have a merch slash t-shirt store. Yeah, we do. That we launched. Yes. For all of you guys that have to have 23 personnel, t-shirts, hoodies. We've got... Um, We've taken out a massive loan. It's a brick and mortar. We have thousands and thousands (laughs) of dollars of stock pallets. We hired somebody to to manage our shipping. Yes. No, just kidding. Yeah, Um, we're really depending on you guys to bail us out here. Oh, for sure. Um, No, go over to to teespring.com. Check it out. Teespring.com slash stores slash 23 dash personnel dash podcast. If you you search 23 personnel at Teespring, you should find it. We've got a handful of designs. Really, um, it's our, I say our, the, the logo that, that Brian, Don Carlos designed for us um, on a handful of applications, whether it's you know a white, black, or red on various colors, long sleeve, short sleeve, women's. Um, and then we've got the two color on a, just a couple of shirts. Got some hoodies. Hoodies, yep. Um, Not outrageously priced if you want to support us by picking up a t-shirt or a hoodie. Hoodie season still in full swing. It's going down to 12 degrees tonight. Oh, my gosh. 
I think wind chill is approaching zero, which is a thing. It happens once or twice a, a year, but hoodies still a season long um, investment. Great for a lot of baseball up. games. Yes. Early season baseball games. Yep. Um, other cool things like koozies and stickers and all that kind of stuff. Obviously not part of Teespring since that's a t-shirt store. Um, still in the works. We may do that. There are also a couple guys that are doing that. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Locally that we may just grab a, a small handful and pass them out to those that we, we see out in the wild. But if you want to pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie, teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast. Michael. Yes. Let's get into basketball, man. Do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's Pass over the top of Bournemouth and a crowd strip by Owens. Freddy on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the line. Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Freddy double into Tariq. Oh, puts it down. Already. Odiasi throws it in. Got caught down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Dagger. Culver with the dish. Odiasi. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. I think the thing that gets me the most about those recordings, those highlights, is just how intense the crowds were at these tournament games. Like Dallas was close, but that was last season. Not no, not last season. Two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. But then it was um, where did they start last year? Boston? No, that's where they went for the Elite Eight in twenty seventeen. Uh, Tulsa, maybe. They went to Tulsa and then Anaheim, and then to Minnesota. Yeah last year but like red raider faithful you guys 
packed those arenas. Super vocal. Loved it. One thing that sticks out to me now is the almost complete lack of alley-oops. That's happening currently? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they are attempted. They're just not... <laughs> Executed. Executed. Lack of executed alley-oops. Obviously, it doesn't help that we don't have a 6'11 guy uh, yes. hunker down under the... Who, under who has a Twitter name Sneaky Bounce, <laughs> which uh, is pretty accurate. He's not really that sneaky. He's a big dude. <laughs> That's true. It's it's Well, it's maybe hard it's sneaky that he can jump that high. Maybe, I don't know. He, maybe he, that surprises people. He and Zach Smith, man. Yeah. Unreal athletes. Um, anyways, let's... Uh, we'll acknowledge the, the lack of alley-oops and ferocious <laughs> dunks. Although there were two last night that I want to talk about from TJ Holyfield on like back-to-back possessions. Again, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We're going to go back a week, talk about the game. Um, here in Lubbock, we hosted West Virginia, beat them 89-81. to It was another slugfest, as they like to call it. It was. They had... Um, where is that... West Virginia was called for 26 fouls. Texas Tech called for 28. We had that 50 foul limit, which is impressive. Just, right? a thing to, uh, just a thing of beauty. Because for both teams to get into the double bonus, that's what, eight fouls each? Uh, double bonus is 10. 10. Okay, so that's 20. You're shooting and one half. and one when you get seven. Yeah, okay, that's right. So for both teams to be in the double bonus, that's 20 fouls in a half combined you you were like double bonus plus both halves um i i think texas tech got into into the bonus in the second half really quickly yes west virginia is always very aggressive they seem to be even more aggressive on the road in lubbock um but anyways it was the game was so much different than it was when we played in morgantown Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it was an offensive explosion, both sides of the ball. You shot um, 54% from the field, which I think you shot in the 20s when you were in Morgantown. You shot nearly 65% from three. Yes. You will win basically every game you play shooting 54-65. Second half was seven for 10. 70%. 70%. Your, your first half, you were four for seven, which is still really good. One, because you're not taking a whole bunch of threes, but you're hitting them at a good clip. Then in the second half, like you said, seven of 10. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Free throws, uh, you shot 18 in the first half, 14 in the second half, 87.5% on the night. I, th- I think you've got it marked here. Yeah, M- Moretti and Shannon combined for 21 of 23. Of those free throws? Of those free throws. Shannon, Shannon. He missed two. I mean, he was like 12 of 14 or something, but that's... That's, that's also a lot of free throws very impressive. For, for a freshman to be taking and, and hitting. Yeah. Um, going back, this is like the, the broadcaster jinx, the podcaster jinx, we, we can call it, if it happen, if it like falls off the table here. But Shannon, I'll, I'll go back to what we, we, we talked about a couple weeks ago. I think he's second on the team in free throw efficiency. Yes. He's in the they, he's in the eighties, like high eighties, very quietly too. And it's because Davide Moretti's like in the low nineties, right? Like everybody talks about Moretti never misses a free throw, or when he does, the game's on the line. Except for last night, he missed a free throw also late in the game, but, but it didn't matter. It was it was in hand. <laughs> game was in hand. Um, 
still there's some there's but, some thesis to be written about his free throw percentage in the last four minutes of of the game it's this like year. 50%. It, de- it declines drastically he, he needs to miss his like his first shot in the yeah, first half get and, those and, out of the and, way but tj shannon again quietly second on the team upper 80 percentage in free throws dude is super efficient when he gets to the line um this was one of those games that I never Tech was ahead almost the whole game. Never felt in question. But no I, I was going to say backwards. I I never felt sure then maybe I'm I'm misremembering it though. Because is, because it, um West Virginia would make a run. You know, Tech would be up I forgot what happened at the end of the first half. West Virginia scored 6 points in I think 14 seconds. This is the one where the dude hit the the half. No, that was Kentucky. Dang it! No, this was this was. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about like the, when they hit the hat, the the a three pointer like as time was expiring. Well, that was Kentucky. No, I think this guy hit two two free throws, and then someone was fouled on a three point shot, and then made their free throw, and then all you know you know because you were Tech was going into halftime. I think they were yes. going to be ahead by quite a bit, and that, then they ended up being only ahead by four at the halftime. And you're thinking, oh, man. And that just seemed to keep happening all night. You know, Tech would be up by nine or or something like that, and then you'd, all of a sudden West Virginia would be on a run, and that lead would get cut they, to four. And they, they, they had these these really quick seven-point runs because it happened several times, and one was right, right in the first half. You were thinking you were going into halftime with a 10- or 11-point lead. Yeah, with some good momentum. And then West Virginia does their thing right there at the end. You're like – well, we have the lead, but it's four points. Like momentum is definitely not on our side. Yeah, the, I mean the lead change, the lead changed zero times. So f- you, you led wire to wire. Yes, but I didn't feel confident wire to wire. There were times it, it, it seemed like as soon as I felt complacent, West Virginia would make a run, and they're a really talented team. Uh, this was just a fun game to go to because I got to take my mom, and she had a blast, especially when they were draining all those threes in the second half. Dude, they couldn't miss. Yeah. Um, rebound, rebounds. And Morgantown, I think you were out-rebounded like 13. It was like 36 to 23. You flipped that on them. They had 23 rebounds on the night, West Virginia did. You had 32. You had seven from TJ Shannon, five each from Jemias Ramsey, TJ Holyfield, six from Chris Clark. Um. Whereas they they had you know um, Gabe I I'm not I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name Osa had four rebounds uh, Tashiboy had three Jeremy Jermaine Haley had three like nobody had like a whole bunch whereas last last time you played them their interior size just really gave you fits right um, and and Holyfield I mean Holyfield ended up the night just kind of talking about interior size he had. He recorded four blocks, but I can think of at least two or three that were taken away from him by a foul on somebody by a else. foul on someone else. I mean, he was he really made his presence known, and it was like he intentionally was doing that because everyone just kind of disappeared in the lane defensively in Morgantown. And I think I said something last week to the effect of, "Well, I'm not sure if we can win this game unless we get three guys scoring twenty plus." Well, guess there what happened? Is. He had three guys score twenty. <laughs> I was going to point that out. Jemias Ramsey had twenty one. T.J. Shannon had 23. Davide Moretti had 25. And and to be clear, I didn't say that thinking that that would happen. <laughs> I just said that thinking, well, gosh, I don't know how we beat him unless this happens. And and it did. So it um, that's one way to win. That's for sure. For sure. Um, T.J. Shannon was the only person that missed more than one free throw. He was 12 of 14 on the night. 
Moretti was nine of nine. Ramsey two of three. Holyfield two of two. Edwards one of two. Nadolny was two of two. Um, to finish out twenty eight of thirty two. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was really fun to watch that, that second half when really it felt like you couldn't miss a three. Right. Uh, it was contagious. And only contagious to you. West Virginia was identical in the first and second halves, two of nine from three, finished four of 18, which is about what you did in Morgantown. I think you were three of 19, um, 22%. You held them to 38% from the field for the game um, and only 80% from the free throw line. So it was a fun turnaround uh, with that game. Really helpful. They came in as uh, a top 15 team. Helps with your resume. We talked about getting into that need to win territory. Mm-hmm. We did not feel super confident about the West Virginia game last podcast. Um, Keith was was quick to point out that it did not age well. That content, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm okay with that. The game was, I think, the next. Yeah, it, it was just... the it was the night that we released. So we released it Wednesday morning. That they played that night, right? I think Keith listened to it Thursday morning. Guys, this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't work anymore. It didn't work. Um, after that, you hit the road to Lawrence, Kansas, take on the Jayhawks. Uh, number three at the time, we not super confident. You were no. looking probably missing McCuller and Clark. They were limited in their time. You started the game. I think Kansas was was up. What seventeen to two? Yes, is that what you put in there? There yeah. was, uh, I think, fourteen minutes and thirty-eight left, or something like that, in the first half. You were down fifteen within five minutes. You're like, <sighs> okay, that's game, it's right? Gonna, it's going to be rough. Um, by the time I came in and turned it on, they had come back. I think it was with five or six. I'm like, well, that's not bad. Um, and then it was close, basically, the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, I say that what what would happen was Kansas would would have a lead between seven and 10 points and then tech would go on this little mini run and get it within a possession, get it to two or three points. And then like that Kansas had built the lead right back up to nine, 10, 11 points. You're like it took us like three minutes to do that. And then Kansas doesn't like three possessions yeah, back three to posi- back Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on ones that were obviously if they're making that run that you're not scoring, um, that they were able to force some turnovers to do that. You, you didn't feel bad about your performance. Like the percentages I'm, I'm going to read, like you can win a lot of games shooting this way. You were 42% from the field. Yeah. For almost thir- 43% from three. Um, you only shot 18 free throws at the game. So you, you had a lot of Lawrence officiating, <laughs> which, you know, is it, it's my, it's my shtick, right? <laughs> um, and you didn't shoot very well that night. You only shot 77%, almost 78% from the line. Kansas shot 50, almost 52% from the field, uh, 31% from three. Um, they did not get to the line a whole bunch. The second half, it was really loosely officiated, I'll say, and that the, the fouls and, and free throws attempted went way down. You mean they weren't consistent? No. Yeah, that's weird. That K- never happens. Kansas shot 15 free throws in the first half, only five in the second half. Texas Tech shot 10 and 8, respectively. Um, Kansas was 5 of 5 of free throws in the second half, 1 of 5 from 3. Um, you, you lose this game by three points. 
without Chris Clark and McCuller, you feel like, well, man, we didn't feel like it going into the game. Um, five minutes in, didn't feel like this was a game was going to be down to one possession. And it really came down to, uh, gosh, it was that last second possession. Uh, Chris Beard had called the timeout and allowed Ramsey to drive and, and take the shot in the lane. With the intent of getting a foul and an and one, I guess. Right. Um, but he ends up missing it. I On replay, it was blocked cleanly, although I don't know how he did it because he was coming from behind Ramsey, reached over his shoulder. On first take, for first blush, it looked like he hit him over the head with his arm, like the defender mm. was coming down over like his right shoulder and hit the ball out of Ramsey's hands. It looked like he either hit his head or hit, hit his forearm. On the replay, I saw it, and I was like, no, he missed everything except for ball. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I was like, that was a foul. Re- replay, nope. Nope. <laughs> no, that, was a, that was a clean block from an impossible angle. Like, when you think about a block, it's somebody that's, you, you know, you're, you're facing up this dude. He was clearly, like, not clearly, definitely behind Ramsey and was able to block it over his shoulder between his arm and his head. It was just a, just crazy. It's like, well, okay. Props. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just kind of have to take your hat off at that point. Um, and the other thing, uh, it wasn't Dotson, but it was Garrett. He kept making these ridiculous shots. He, he only finished with, with 15 points for the Jayhawks. 35 minutes, Dotson played all 40, which is crazy. Um, but Garrett, like, he would just, would break free and would just have these stupid shots and they would fall. Like, they were, like, layups that you would throw up in, like, a pickup game. You'd be like, Kobe. And then, but this dude was, like, it was, just, it was frustrating to watch him. Just drain them make over these, and over. these shots. Um, Jemias Ramsey finished the game with 26 points. Holyfield, uh, he's had a little bit of an offensive explosion. Finished that game with 19. Uh, you didn't have any other player in double figures. Moretti had nine. Edwards had eight. Shannon had eight. Uh, Nadolny and Clark had three and two. Yeah, I mean, going in shorthanded, uh, you know, McCuller didn't play at all, and Clark just played a little bit to, to see that you he knew played for sure he wasn't quite ready. Six minutes. Yeah. Uh, especially to go down 17-2. to two. They did well to fight back. They they did well to end the game. They actually ended the game closer than I thought they would. You no, know, for sure. Independent I mean. of these factors. I I just saw almost a you know, eight to ten point loss coming. Not, is, not I think to what be the negative. line was. Yeah, I mean not to be negative or anything, but that was just kinda where I saw it going. But uh, you know, credit to the team for fighting the way they did. For not listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> credit to anybody who doesn't listen to us uh to that extent. I mean they took care of the ball too. Nine turnovers mm-hmm. against Kansas and Lawrence. In Lawrence. I mean that's impressive. That's yeah. really impressive. So I they they played uh they played very well, but just obviously Kansas outplayed them. Kansas is a very talented team, and they've got a lot of guys that can contribute. You know what's not impressive? It's that fan favorite, fan favorite Avery Benson. Oh, no. 13 minutes, no points. No he, shots. He attempted zero shots in 13 minutes of play. He picked up three rebounds, had two fouls, and a steal. Yeah, and then last night I think he came in. He did not play very much. Really weird 
random foul at the top of a key away from the ball. He just really got into it with some guy, I think, right off the bench. Man, come on, Benson. Just don't don't foul the second you walk on the court. Chewa played one minute. Big Ross. Otherwise did not record any stats. No shots, no rebounds, no fouls, no assists, no turnovers, no blocks, no steals. Anyways, so after those two games, you feel, okay, we went one and two. Um very easily could have gone zero and two, maybe could have gone two and zero. I mean, you didn't, you don't feel like the Kansas game was out of reach and out of realm of possibility. You, yeah, you could have won that one. Very much in it at the end. You felt, at least I I felt like this team is starting to come together a little bit. The same time frame that we saw the team do this last year. Um, we we are now at the same point last year. Like uh, the records, at least the conference records, are identical. After the the first half of Big Twelve play, um, after the game last night, Texas Tech moves to five and four in conference play. Last year, the team went on a nine zero win streak. That they won every game in the second half of, of the conference schedule to go fourteen and four. I'm not saying you'll do that this time, um, but you're in the same you're in the same position you are now. I think you have a lot of people that are a lot more critical of this team uh, than last year's team. Again, that may be because they're con- they're comparing it with um, the team that played in the national title game to the team we're seeing right now. Sure. There's a gap there. This team can still continue to get better and come together. No, you don't have the leadership and the talent from Culver, Owens, and Mooney or Odiase. But you've got the talent there that you can count on to, to get you points, to fill a stat sheet that you can win games with. Um, last night, you hosted Oklahoma. You were picked as a 10-point favorite or whatever. You ended the game. You, you won by eight. Although it only got to eight in the last minute. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I want to talk about the, the runs or the lack of runs specifically in this game. It was kind of just a rough game. And Tech was down. They were down most of the game, right? Yeah, and they are down at half. And it was really strange because I, I sat with Keith, um, and we talked basically the whole game, but very little of it was about basketball. So, like, the game went by really quickly. Yeah. And we weren't, like, super engaged in the game. That West Virginia game did not go by quickly. (laughs) No, a lot of fouls. (laughs) It was a very long time. Um, Go ahead, though. But, like, I I commented to Keith at halftime. I was like, well, that was a very fast first half. And, of course, it was like an hour. We were just chatting the whole time. Um, You were down by one. It was 31-30. We pulled up. Yeah, 31-30. Yes. Um, Really slow start. Um, Neither team was really doing anything particularly well. Um, yeah, they were just both. I, I, that's what I was trying to figure out at halftime in our Slack chat was just, you know, I watched the game, but I just still couldn't figure out how, how is Tech behind? How I mean, everyone's shooting well. Um, you know, OU shooting well. Tech hasn't been turning the ball over. It just... But well, but I think Seth pointed out that what was what was keeping it was the fact that Tech seemed to be using a lot of time 
to get a shot off. And a lot of times that shot wasn't the, you know, probably the best one to take mm-hmm. toward the very last few seconds of the shot clock. The, the other thing that when I, when I said neither team did anything really well, Oklahoma did what o- Oklahoma did well was they didn't allow Texas Tech to build a lead. Yes, that's so for sure. I mean, they, um, they were ahead a lot of it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, and I, I want to tie this in to the point I was trying to make, or want to talk about the the runs, the longest run for either team. Oklahoma had a seven point run, and they had it twice. Longest point run that Texas Tech had was six points, and they had it three different times throughout the game. The biggest thing I think, though, and I, I was talking to Samantha, and I, I lost her very quickly, is. <laughs> Um, it seems like any time that a team went on a run, the other team responded immediately to make that difference back up. So, um, in the first half, Texas Tech gets out to, you know, they, they go on a six point run, you know, from down three zero to up six three. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma goes on a five point run. I know, sorry. A seven. They go back and forth, a couple of possessions, and then Oklahoma goes on a seven-point run. Um, Oklahoma later responds after a Texas Tech five-point run with a six-point run of their own. Texas Tech follows that up with a five-point run. Oklahoma follows that up with a four-point run. So, like these runs are, like, it's. Five points here for one team, six points here for the other team. Like it was back and forth, these little mini runs mm-hmm. that, well, it was exciting and there was like little bursts of momentum. The other team was like able to break it without it getting out of control. There was a, a couple times when Oklahoma would do this, um, you know, Tech Tech would get up to a, a five or six point lead. And I didn't say it till after it happened. So I don't like, I can't really claim it, but I'm going to claim it now. <laughs> Um, that there was this little bit of momentum for Texas Tech, and I was like, this feels like when we give up like a momentum-breaking three, and then Reeves hits a three. It's like, mm. oh, I should have said that earlier. <laughs> um, and then in the second half, Oklahoma had a seven-point run. Texas Tech followed that up with a six-point run. And then there was this stretch of 10 minutes of game time where it literally went back and forth. There was a one-point difference. There was... 15 minutes to go in the second half. It was 41-42, Texas Tech. 10 minutes later, it's 56-53. So just a one-possession game still. Yeah. But it, like literally. Pretty much like, that was, whole time. Like Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Oklahoma, Texas Like There's no consecutive team that scored back-to-back. Now, that there may have been like a turnover or something, but then the other team would have a turnover. Um, I just really, yeah, the whole time watching that game, I didn't know. I kept – I kept seeing the same thing you were thinking. Oh, okay. Well, Tech's eventually going to kind of open this up and 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 win this. And then if and they had opportunities, but Oklahoma just didn't let no, them go. They just and they just didn't let them. And they played great defense and got some key rebounds and and kept playing. But I was I, with with four or five minutes left. I thought, man, I don't. I think this might be an L. You know, Tech might <laughs> come out of here with a loss. Yeah. Th- then the the longest. Um, a streak of game where Texas Tech was in the lead goes back to like basically the last ten minutes of game that they, they had the lead and never gave it up. Um, but like there, there's a Texas Tech three point run. 
at two minutes left, Texas Tech is up by six after a six-point run. Um, and then from there, like, there's not really any ground made up by Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, there, there was a three that got them within three. But then Texas Tech scores the rest of the, the points the rest of the way out. Um, so what Oklahoma did is, is this was from Chris Beard today, is they, they, they played a lot of ISO. They didn't let Texas Tech get into their, their game. Um, and Beards acknowledged that he knew they were going to try a lot of skip passes, like a lot of passes across the court. Uh, Texas Tech was not able to defend that very well, which helped free up a couple of open threes. Um, but the thing that worries me after this game, though, is thinking about that return trip to Norman. I, I thought this game would probably be a little it would look a little bit easier for you and I'd feel a little more, more confident about that road game coming up. Um, this game in Norman is going to be more difficult than I originally thought. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It, and, and, you know, OU was, they may have made a few key threes there towards the end, but they were pretty much ice cold. They were uh, 25% from three point, um, six of 24 for the night. So you have to assume that in Norman, that's not going to be 25%. That's probably going to be closer to, you know, 40 or 35 or something like that. They're going to shoot at least a little better from three in Norman. So there's just, I mean, just one of those stats that you can look at. And if they improved upon slightly, they would have won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that to worry about on, on a road game. Well, it's also strange to say that because when you look at how you did shooting the ball, you were 52% from the field almost 56% from three. Uh, the area that you struggled was at the free throw line, only 65%. Um, but if you're shooting from the floor and from three greater than 50%, like that should be an easy victory for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're expecting the Texas Tech basketball defense to be able to hold opponents down. And, and they did from three. They shot you know, like you said, 25%. They shot nearly 45% from the floor, which I think really helped keep them in it. Um, but Brady Manick had a very quiet 19 points. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves was the guy that, like, was always badgering uh, Texas Tech. Played 36 minutes, scored 16 points. This was the dude that would be found open uh, for those weird threes. Uh, he was three of seven for three. A couple of steals, too. Mm-hmm. Brady Manick was only one of six. Jamal Bienemy was one of five. Uh, Alondis Williams, 0 of three. So that that return trip to Norman, I think is going to be a little more, a little bit more tricky, unless the team can kind of pull it back together a little bit. Um, Holyfield, though, going back to him, man, two in a row. Another game. He had 21 points last night. Uh, led all scores in the game. Make sure I say that right. Yes. Yeah. 19 was, I think, was the next guy. Yeah. Uh, Edwards had 17. He also was was instrumental. Jemias Ramsey had 13. Moretti had 11. Shannon only had one. Um, only played 20 minutes. And there, there were some very interesting comments from Chris Beard in the post-game press conference. Um, and there was a lot of speculation going on if he was referring to Jemias Ramsey or Terrence Shannon. But he basically said there are some some people in this program think that they can take possessions off on defense basically. And that haven't bought into the culture, right? That don't want to be coached and they don't want to be coached. Like, well, that's, and then he made like this weird comment. He's like, why would you come to Texas tech? If you didn't want to, if you didn't want to play this way, it's like, 
That's <laughs> that's not like him. I mean, that's, no, that's he, not like him at all to throw players under the bus and, publicly I, like that. And, and as like he didn't say a name specifically, but like to no. your point, he's never he's never really made that kind of comment either. No, like, he's he's never been the. I'm trying to think of an example of some coaches. I think Popovich has done that on occasion. Or Roy Roy Williams this year. Yeah, talk about how bad his team was. Like, dude. Well, <laughs> okay. Actually, I've got the perfect example. Uh, St. Mike Leach did that all the damn time saying stuff that he did it this year against Washington state or, you know, I I forgot what the bad loss was, but, uh, he was one of the most notorious about doing that. Fat little girlfriends. Oh yeah. All that kind of stuff. He's talking about the players reading their own press clippings and believing it. mm -hmm. And I think that this is, it's just kind of interesting. Beard obviously has a reason why he said that. And it, it holds a lot more weight coming from him because I don't think he's ever done that, at least no, not here at Tech. I don't think so. Um, but halfway through the Big 12 season, you're in fourth place. Baylor sits alone in first at 9-0. and who's, um, who's really good. Baylor, Baylor's pretty good. <laughs> Baylor's pretty good. They were a team I was not expecting to be this way. I, no. thought, I thought they were a little over overhyped and over Me appreciated too. going into the season. It just shows how much we know. Nope, but uh, but wrong. yeah, this whole time they were ranked so high in preseason stuff, and then you know the early couple weeks of the games, and I thought that that just can't be right. And uh, yeah, they they seem like they got it right. They are twenty and one. Yeah, they have a nineteen game win streak right so now. So they won a game, lost a game, then won nineteen. Then that's been. Yeah, they haven't lost a game since October. Kansas is in second place, eight and one. Um, they are nineteen and three on the season. Gosh, like to be at like twenty wins already. It's, it's nuts. West Virginia is in third, eighteen and four, um, six and three in the conference. Texas Tech is there at fourth, fourteen and eight, five and four. Then Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, all of them are four and five in conference. Iowa State, Kansas State, both two and seven. Oklahoma State, I don't understand this with how well they they recruit, um, and their their incoming class is just as good this next year. But they are one and eight, eleven and eleven. Oh my gosh! So they finally won a Big Twelve game. They beat uh, TCU tonight. Oh, it's tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, TCU sucks to suck. And we lost TCU, but I, I think that's like pointing to pointed to as like the one bad loss that Texas Tech has so far. Sure. Um, because if you look at Creighton and Iowa, they're both ranked. Uh, they're they're also highly regarded in the advanced stats. You, you look at Haslametrics and Ken Palm. They're all up there right around where, where you are. Um, TCU is not. <laughs> no. And I, I don't know. That was basically a home game too. It always is in Fort Worth. I know. Uh, upcoming games. Your next game is this Saturday uh, in Austin at Texas. Texas, Shaka Smart. Um, Hot seat? I. They just got Chris Beard's phone number, man. All they got to do is call him. He'll just show up. I, I don't understand. Like It's one of those things, like basketball and football, you're like, you should be better than this. <laughs> Right, like we, we've kind of had those those conversations, um, and of course there'll always be the time where like they, they beat you, like oh, we shouldn't have lost to Texas, but we always like get that mental block. But like with their their resources and like Shocker Smart was a really good coach at VCU, like 
there, there's, a, there's a reason why he ended up at a school like Texas. Yeah. he was successful somewhere else. Had, had the resume. Did, like, and, and VCU games were a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Texas, not so much. Like, I wonder if like, he can't get the, the culture buy-in to run the system he wants to. Because if you remember when he was at VCU, that they basically were like an amped up version of West Virginia or press Virginia, where it was like, they call it the VCU havoc, right? Mm -hmm. It was full court press a hundred percent of the time. They were on you like white on rice. I don't know if that's, no, that's the thing. I don't know if that's politically acceptable. Why, why wouldn't it be? I don't know. This, this PC environment, I I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. I'm pretty naive to that stuff, but I think okay, it's so they, okay. They were, they were extremely aggressive on defense. They sure. were forcing a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad shots. Um, that kind of defense, that style of play takes a lot of buying. I wonder if, if he's having the struggle to get that at a place like Texas um, because of the recruits that he is getting. I, I think he's getting more talented players at Texas than he was at, at VCU, and they're not, they don't have the same vision of that's how I want to play. My buddy maybe. Adam mentioned that he – for for tech even wondered if if beard's kind of experiencing a little bit of that now and he said this a, a week or two ago um which to his point like i think beard verified that yeah in the postgame press conference he may be getting He's, some players that are more used to i don't you know what I, i'm not i'm not trying to disparage anybody but the players that are more highly ranked uh have a different lives and different expectations and uh, different treatment than players who are not highly ranked. So, like your your lower two star guys or three star guys, they're they're constantly going to be working hard, knowing that they've they may get cut or they may not play mm-hmm. or something. And the other guys who are better, who know they need to be a part of the team, may not always have that same mentality. And I'm not implying anything. But that was just something that was kind of floated around earlier this year that he may be experiencing something like that with having such a talented roster of guys who, um, you know, I'm sure they work hard and everything, but there may be some days where they feel like they don't have to. Right. And, 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 and to your point, I think the two guys that are in question about this statement, like Chris Beard didn't single anybody out, are Jemias Ramsey and TJ Shannon, your two more most highest rated recruits in this most Highest rated recruits in the most previous class. In and also in program history so far. Right? That are still with the team. Right. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> there, there was point. Kayvon Moore was up there too, but I don't he never played. Oh, I wanted to okay, we briefly talked about Texas, so I, I wanted to just mention did you see what Chris Del Conte said? I, I saw it in the slide I I didn't I didn't get the the, the context because Well the, you really won't because if you understand <laughs> The biblical story of David and Goliath, yes. the context makes no sense. But uh, here's what he said. Uh, he was speaking in a town hall meeting on Tuesday, um, and he said, quote, Our goal is to finish in the top ten in every sport that we sponsor. That's the ultimate goal, right? And as I talk to our student-athletes all the time at the University of Texas, America, our country, is built on David, and quote David and Goliath. Everyone's David. They love the story of David and Goliath. The University of Texas cannot be David. There's no way possible for us to be David. We got to embrace Goliath. And the only people <laughs> like Goliath is us, right? And that's the University of Texas. Does he not understand that Goliath loses in this story? Oh, big time. 
<laughs> Goliath's arrogance is his downfall. <laughs> and he's like, we've got to be like Goliath. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it's like, it's programmatic there. Like everybody has an arrogance problem. This is like a rejected that's, Wolf of Wall Street speech. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like everybody wants to be David. He's like, no, no, we have to be Goliath. Like, dude, Goliath loses. <laughs> like you're talking about, like, we have to be top ten and everything. Yeah, we've got to big, be the biggest and the biggest and the best, and then pick every, a winner. Everyone's going to be afraid of us until <laughs> one nobody isn't afraid of us, and then we're going to be toppled. It's like it's like you know the very similar thing. Like and the the the, the oh my gosh, let me see if I can stutter through that a little bit harder. <laughs> Tortoise and the hare. We've oh got, yeah, we've got to be the hair man. We got to be. We got to be the big fast dude. Embrace the hair. We've got to. Uh, we've got to embrace the big bad wolf. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so looking back to this Texas game, um, I like to look at Haslametrics. I, I think he's he he tracks so many different things that his projections and his rankings I feel are a lot more accurate than just some like coaches poll or some media poll. Um, according to Eric Haslam, who runs Haslam Metrics, Texas Tech is ranked the number 16 team. Um, does not have Baylor that, that far up. He only has them at seven. And Kansas is at number one, which is interesting to me. Hmm. Um, San Diego State, number four. West, West Virginia, number five. Okay, anyways. He also has this... this um, Oh, what is this called? Like a matchup, matchup preview type thing where you sure. you select the team and then you scroll through the, the, the opponents and you said if it's home, away, or neutral. Um, looking to the game this weekend, as the as, you know, select the team Texas Tech, select as an away game. Scroll down to Texas. According to his his workings, Texas Tech is favored to win this game by five points in Austin. Now he was dead on. Um, with Oklahoma last night. I think it was minus nine and one by eight. So I, I tend to agree because previous success here. Let's, let's, let's look real quick. Yeah, he has a pretty good track record. He, he's got it. So the, the Texas Tech Oklahoma, he had it at, at 10. And the game was at eight. So um, if, if that means anything to you, the game this weekend, he's got Texas Tech as a what was that five point favorite on the road in Austin. Yes, sorry, I had to scroll back up to find him. Um, and then you have a r- really quick turnaround. Big Monday, it, it, you know, every game that's played on Monday is, is on Big Monday, right? Um, Monday night versus TCU. You are back at home. Um, again, if you look into Haslametrics, he's got this as a 10-point win for Texas Tech, 68-58. Uh, the game at Texas was like 75-69. Okay, okay. We'll see. I think the game got away from, I don't know, like, <laughs> was interesting, and, and, and we, we may note of it in the podcast afterwards, but whoever was calling the game in Fort Worth it was on. It was on an ESPN Plus broadcast. I remember that he said he looked up and said there are more Texas Tech fans. And he trailed off <laughs> because I think he was trying not to say than TCU fans. Mm-hmm. And eventually he picked up like a second or two later. More Texas Tech fans 
than I would have imagined. <laughs> than I would, because <laughs> there was like obvious, like very audible Raider powers going on over the broadcast. Um, anyways, game comes back to Lubbock this following Monday, Monday night on ESPN two. Um, you have a CBS game coming up, which is interesting. Yeah, against last place Oklahoma State on the road. So I, I, I trap wonder, game. I, I wonder if CBS is like the the tier two. That that's interesting though, but that because that's broadcast TV. How is broadcast here? Maybe just because it's at noon on, on Saturday. On Saturday, I I'm, I'm not sure. I I was very I, I double checked that when I put that in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on CBS on Saturday the fifteenth, which is still a little bit of ways away. Uh, obviously, these things are updated after every game. Um, Texas Tech, according to Haslametrics, would be an eight eight point favorite on the road. And then the other game that we want to bring up, the 19th, another Wednesday night game, home versus Kansas State. So I think the biggest thing that we're looking at after, you know, when we hit the halfway point, you look ahead, until you get to those final two games, like I think there should be an expectation that you win all of these games. That you don't go on the 9-0 run that you did last year, but you could go, looking at last night, you could go 8-2. and two. Um, well, Waco's going to be yeah. Waco's well, going to be tough. So it's Waco and then back home versus Kansas are your last two games. Okay. Okay. So that that's really where I think you could go. You're eight and two. Although bringing Kansas back, you're you're at home. Eight and one, right? Well, I, it's kind of wait seven and two last night. Oh, you're counting last night. I'm sorry. Well, because like I, I'm only counting last night because it was like I I thought of those numbers okay. before we played Oklahoma. Okay. Um. So the last 10 games last night or starting from now the last 9 games 7 and 2 I think is realistic. So they but that would rattle off 7 in a row. Potentially or you drop one but you pick up like the Kansas game at the end of the season. Yeah. I could see Tech the game at Baylor I think is going to be really <laughs> really tough. But who knows? I mean yes. you, you can win on the road. You sure. won in Lawrence last year. Um no you didn't. You won Lawrence two years no, ago. No, you got hammered in Lawrence last year. But you, you returned the favorite hammer in there yes. in Lubbock, which was even even a more lot of, a, of fun. Even more of a hammer. It's like a thirty point victory. Yeah. Oh gosh. One of um, the biggest in Big Twelve <laughs> in the in their uh, against a Big Twelve opponent. So you you've got opportunity now to to make up ground. Uh if you are gonna be competing for a Big Twelve title, it's gonna be difficult to catch Baylor. Um but if you're going for the second or third spot in the conference to set yourself up for the conference tournament to, to helping your seating for the, the tournament play the next seven games are really crucial and are set, set up in a way that you can win them. Yeah. You've got um, Oklahoma to play uh, in Norman, Kansas state and Lubbock TCU in Lubbock, Texas in Lubbock, um, Iowa state in Lubbock. You've got a lot of home games um, and then some winnable road games. You know, you've got Austin, like, like we were talking about. Uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma and Baylor are your are your road games. You could go two and two in those. I think you should expect at least two and two, probably three and one. Um, but th- this last half of the conference season, really, you were, I think you can see you make up a lot of ground, um, similar to how you did last year. Not saying you're going to win all nine of them. Um, 
but that you're going to, you've got opportunities here to win more games than you lose. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the worst part of your schedule is over. I mean, look, in an eight day span, you played Kentucky, West Virginia, and Kansas back to back to back. Now, granted, you got. You went 0 3. Yeah. And you got two of those at home, but it was. That's that's a pretty hard mountain to climb, for sure. No, you didn't go zero and three. You beat West Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. I, I I didn't know if that was the home or away game. No, were. no. This was yeah. okay. So it was it was Kentucky, Kansas, West Virginia. Kentucky, West Virginia, Kansas. Kansas. Look, we just talked about two of those games. <laughs> I, I I promise. I'm I'm here. <laughs> um. All right. Let's talk about some football. Here comes Stevenson. That's not football. Oh well, it it sounded really convincing. Oh man, it it was the it, squeak of the astroturf floor, queued up and ready to go. Man, <laughs> falling on down on the job. Like, what are we going to do with that producer? Do we always joke? Maybe if you guys buy enough merch at a Teespring store, we can have somebody run the boards for us. Yeah, well, well we do. Have well, I, I meant somebody that's like it's their full time job. Oh, okay, and not trying to also figure out what he's going to talk about. Let's talk about football, Michael. Okay. What do you say? They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's, my. He's got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders. With a second to go. The scoring begin. So first, I want to point out a couple of those highlights were from our man Patrick Mahomes. Oh my goodness! His name wasn't mentioned in that clip. It was the receivers, but the the throw to Reginald Davis was in the the bowl game against LSU. The one over the middle to Jakeem Grant was the TCU game in Lubbock that he played in that fifty six fifty three game. Um, I think there's at least one more in there, maybe not, but. Dude, Super Bowl this weekend, Super past Bowl. weekend. Super Bowl champion. in Super Bowl MVP. Yes. He was NFL MVP last year, Super Bowl MVP this year. Youngest player to do that. Um, only player to do it under the age of 25. Tom Brady was the other one. Who may be going to the Raiders, which would be... Oh, that would be exciting. A disaster. <laughs> I'm glad that we were on opposite sides of that Raiders. one. Um, no, I think it's well. I mean, I didn't say it was going to be great. <laughs> Disasters can be exciting, but I, I want everybody to know that, like, I went to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. I, I also went to Texas Tech, and we are we are also Red Raiders. I I have a just pick. like Patrick Mahomes. My my. Time as a student did not overlap with Mahomes. I oh, think mine didn't either. By one semester. <laughs> not even close. Because I, he came in the spring, right? Yes, the spring that... Uh, it was 2014. Yes. 
because it was after Cliff's first season. Then we did, we, we missed each other by a year because I graduated December of 2012. I was thinking about the next season, the 2013 season that was the Baker Mayfield Davis Webb back and forth. Yep. Um, and then he enrolled. Yeah, he enrolled after Wait. Baker transferred. Yes, because after because Webb had another. Everyone's like, "Oh, did you uh, Mayfield and he Mahomes? ran them off?" Gosh, they were practically living with each other for you know eighteen months before. No, no, okay, Mahomes wasn't here yet. <laughs> Baker left, then Mahomes showed up. That's how it worked. Anyway, so I I, I love to claim that uh I, I'm a Red Raider. I'm a Texas Tech grad. Mahomes also went to Texas Tech, played for my team. Also, the only. Big 12 or Texas quarterback or Texas college quarterback, Texas college quarterback. Yeah. He says Drew Brees is from Texas. I mean, there's obviously people from Texas who've won foot, uh, you know, one Super Bowl game. Yeah. Super Bowl as a quarterback, but he's the first from a Texas college to do it. He's from not Texas, not TCU, not Texas A&M, not even Baylor, Texas Tech. Yep. And that will never change. Did you see the really cool thing? I for, I forget the kid's name, but uh, in Mahomes' senior yearbook, there was uh, they asked several kids a question. Mm, yes. From, from uh, he went to White House White House High School, and so they asked several kids a question. Uh, you know, what are you most excited about for your class reunion? And one of the kids said uh, to see Pat Mahomes' Super Bowl ring clairvoyant which has obviously happened it's with, already happened within the 10 years like he'll he will go to his 10-year reunion yeah which is incredible Bowl. i mean that's incredible on so many levels but but that you're going to see at least one at your 10-year reunion that's a good point because there's least. some of these guys you know like elway he didn't win his till much later on you know maybe might have had to wait till the 15-year reunion or not Mahomes. If you're Brady playing in your 40s, you might be in your 20 year reunion, you know, <laughs> or you're 25. So, uh, yeah, you're going to get to see at least one. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I, I have a picture of the two of us together because y'all are best friends. Mahomes and I. You're Red Raiders, just like us. Guns up. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, what a great, what a crazy game. What a and, crazy game. What, and, and it's crazy, but then it's like, it's exactly how all of their postseason games have gone, <laughs> yes. except for that they scored first this time. Yes. Well, no, no, sorry. They, they, they didn't get down big. They scored their first touchdown. Uh, the 49ers kicked a field goal. Then Mahomes ran in a touchdown. He was the first Chiefs to score in the, in the Super Bowl. It was yeah. freaking awesome. Yes, it was, it was pretty good. Um, but then he was down by d- double digits late. And they 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 mounted a twenty one unanswered point, twenty one point unanswered comeback, all in six minutes, to go down ten to up eleven. Yeah, that's now, how you lose a game. <laughs> poor old Kyle Shanahan, he was getting raked over the coals on Monday, like he because he was off, he was offensive coordinator in that twenty four to three game. A couple oh, years that's back. right. Same thing happened for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Okay. Um, yeah. That anyways, hurts. <laughs> Mahomes uh, named Super Bowl MVP. Uh, some people, Oklahoma fans specifically, were a little salty that it wasn't Damian Williams, 
who scored two touchdowns. Oh, the running back? Yeah. Also, I had a coworker tell me that, and I thought, did you watch the game? I, I, I wouldn't have been, like, it, it would have made sense, right? He scored the, the final touchdown. He scored a touchdown earlier. But also, I thought it was strange that Oklahoma fans were, were clamoring for that. Like, dude, you kicked him off your team. He's not a Sooner. <laughs> like, he didn't. You don't see us rooting for Baker. Yeah. Or Michael Brewer. <laughs> or any other player, like Jonathan Giles. Braden Fajoko, I wanted him to fail. <laughs> and dude loafed. He got a ring, man. Like, oh, I mean, I've got a pair of loafers that do more work than that dude. I just had to make that connection to loaf. Um, anyways, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP in his second season. Already the Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to repeat. Go back-to-back. Love to see it. Um some other football, Texas Tech football news. Zach Thomas, though. Yeah. Did not, was not included in this year's Hall of Fame class. I was very primed. I had I had a tweet ready to go, so maybe it's my fault. But I was very primed to declare this. If Zach Thomas had gotten into the Hall of Fame, and it still may be true, but I was going to declare it the, uh, the best weekend in Tech football history. If Zach Thomas made that Hall of Fame, and it still may be, which is both great and sad at the exact same time. That the the yeah. best the, <laughs> we don't have anything to hang our hat on on what our actual football team can do, but Pat Mahomes is really good, and he was really good at Tech too, but the defense was really bad. <laughs> Gosh, like it's just one of those like legit Texas Tech where, where fans they, they probably had the same. Same things that they said in the Super Bowl they did this weekend. It's like, if we can just get one more stop. Just one more stop, man. Because you got you finally forced, I should say you, the Chiefs finally forced a punt. I'm going back to the Super Bowl here, not Zach Thomas, but I, I, they forced their first punt in the fourth quarter. Um. Yep. <laughs> then unless they turned the ball over, they were able to just kind of do what they wanted. The, the other thing I, I want to touch on, well, there's two more things from the Super Bowl I want to touch on. Um, Mahomes was asked what what he was thinking after he threw his second interception um oh i think i i think i remember this too and he said um basically having the experience he did in the big 12 learned he didn't have time to dwell on that kind of thing he had to get his mind right get back into it mainly because the pace of playing the big 12 was so fast he didn't he just don't have a lot of time to 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 figure that out and, and, and dwell on a mistake. You had to prepare yourself to go back into the game. Right. Um, I, I, I like to think that uh, Kingsbury actually actively tanked the defense while Mahomes was here to prepare him for such a moment. Man. And I'm, I'm ready to, to defend that point with all of my gusto. De- all of your detractors too. What, a, what a, I mean, what a novel concept to just build zero defense around uh, your best player of a generation, possibly that has come through this door, and you really him- let him just get a feel for adversity. And it's not like he threw a lot of interceptions at Texas Tech. Let's be clear; it's true. But he also he threw for five thousand yards his second year, and 
you know, had the number two scoring offense in the nation behind Baylor, um, won five games. <laughs> <laughs> Got destroyed in the one bowl game he goes to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really, like, set up and establish his mental toughness. Yeah. His, his ability when, to shake when, things off. When things don't go well, mm-hmm. he's not like, I've never lost before. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. That's right. That's right. He's been there. Um, he's been to the, he's, he's been in the bottom of the mountain, just working, just working and trying to climb that mountain. And now he's done it. So he, he appreciates it more. Okay. So talk about the Super Bowl. We Galaxy talk- brain quoting by I mean, coaching <laughs> by cliff. Sorry. There are other aspects that we need to touch on one foods that you consumed or wanted to, or saw that you wanted to do, wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, halftime show performance, prop bets, and ads. We got to go through these really quickly. Um, foods for us, I made brisket burn-ins and jalap- bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. Ooh, how that, did, was it, did it turn out as good as it sounded? Oh, it was delicious. I, I, so I, I got these, the, they're already trimmed brisket points from Market Street. Um, they were really small, so I had to get two of them because there were going to be 20 of us there at the party. Um, and it basically ended up making like a half pan worth of, of burn-ins. Nice. Um, and they were, I, you know, I smoked them on the smoker for four hours, then pulled them off, put them in a foil pan, put a little bit of beef broth in the pan, covered it in foil, put it into the oven. Okay. Because yeah. once it's wrapped, it doesn't need to be on the smoker. Yeah, it doesn't make a big difference. And then it was in there for another couple of hours. Um, pulled it out, let it rest for an hour, then sliced them and cubed them. Um, while I was doing that, I, I tried to skim off as much of the fat from the broth as I could. And then I mixed up the broth and drippings with some barbecue sauce, rolled the cubed brisket burn-ins in that and set them up and then drizzled brush a little barbecue sauce on it and put it back in the oven 15 minutes to make it sticky. Man. They were good. We, um, we didn't do anything crazy. We've kind of just, we've been cleaning out our freezer. So we had some ribeyes in there that I threw on the, on the grill real quick. And oh, that steaks are, we just did those, steak, though, well, man. we just did those salt and pepper and then had, uh, had some really good blue cheese that we put on them too. And then had a nice little salad and some sausage balls, which is one of my favorite things ever in the world. Uh, my wife made those. And then she, this, I don't know if you've done this, but growing up here, sausage balls, if I saw anybody dip them in anything, it was always ranch or something like that. That would not have been my, my first choice of dip. It would okay, be like what's a barbecue yours? or something. Oh, that's, that's throwing a wrench into it. Okay. Hers growing up in Kentucky was like jelly or jam. And so we dipped ours in like a spicy. No, just, just like blackberry. We have some really good blackberry jam from La Madeline's. It's it's awesome. (laughs) If you dip a sausage ball in jam, I mean, it makes sense. It's biscuits and jam sausage. Sure. It's, I've never done that before, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So try that next time. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys had for Super Bowl foods. There were other things that we had that were, yeah. <laughs> that was mainly it for us. We the just, the cream cheese in my poppers that was a little like grainy almost. I was I wonder if it just if if it was on the smoker too long. So I, I I tried to smoke it and there were I ended up making forty poppers. So I had twenty peppers, and I I don't know if the like the smoker was just too full, but it took a while for the bacon to get the color I wanted. Or maybe the bacon, it was like, it was, 
what wasn't thick sliced bacon, but it wasn't like the thin stuff either. It was in between. Yeah. It took a while for it to, to get the color I wanted. So it may be just been in there for too long. It wasn't as creamy as I was hoping for. But interested to hear what you guys had for Super Bowl Sunday for treats. Um, Michael? Yes. Let's talk about the ads. Okay. Do, do you have any off the top of your head? Remember that you enjoyed or disliked? The, uh, the Sam Elliott, um, Lil Nas X ad was interesting. They was were that doing a, the duel. Was that Old Town Road? Road? No, that was Old Town Road. Well, actually, I don't even remember what they were selling. I thought it was, it was Mountain Dew or Doritos. Yeah, okay. Because, okay, it, it was like, there, it was Budweiser, Mountain Dew. No, sorry, Budweiser, uh, Cheetos. Not, oh, my gosh. Budweiser, Doritos, and something else, like back-to-back. And I think all three of those brands, Keith had mentioned, like, we haven't seen these yet, and they're all three, like, back-to-back. I think, okay, yeah, okay, I'll take that back. That one was pretty good, but... Mountain Dew was the shining. Yes, with Cranston. Brian Cranston, when he... Comes to the door with the bottle. That was fantastic. I love yeah. that one. Uh, one that I did like because I can relate to it was the whole MC Hammer can't touch this with the guy that has the I've got on my list the Cheetos fingers. I think that was um, that one made me laugh the most because I could I could see myself like oh sorry. I love how the boss walks into it going to ask me shows him his fingers like oh, oh yeah no, obviously okay, okay, we're no, good, no. We're it, good. that's it's like an <laughs> unwritten rule everyone understood it because everyone's kind of almost been in this situation like ah oh, man I got Cheeto I, fingers man I'd help you with the laundry but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm elbow deep in this bag of jalapeno <laughs> Cheetos over here um so th- there was the the new or newly edited Top Gun trailer oh I missed that it's pretty I good I totally missed that there was a I, I, I only saw part of it but the, there was a rocket mortgage commercial but it was Jason Momoa where he like he took off his muscles and took off his, his hair. It was like some like real thin, <laughs> bald dude. What? Dude, it was hilarious. You should, you should check it out. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so I, I think it was TurboTax that was the Sam Elliott and Lil Nas X. Because all, all I have written out is song and dance. Maybe but so. Sam Elliott's uh, mustache does like yeah. the, the, the worm. Yes. <laughs> I, that was a really... I didn't see that one coming. And then Sam Elliott's horse, like he, he turns to get the horse involved, and the horse is like, no, we're good. <laughs> um, finally, halftime show. It, part of the prop bets that we talked about, uh, Shakira. Um, one surprising that she dyed her hair red. Like, I I, I know that that she's Hispanic, mm-hmm. does not have that that did not have that look. I think she's from uh, like Colombia. Uh, I think it was, I thought it was Brazil because I thought. Well, I know she speaks several languages, and I think one of them is Portuguese. Let's I, look it up. Or maybe it's Chile. But anyway, she's from more, I believe, South America. Colombia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she had her hair dyed red. I was like, that looks like some white girl. <laughs> Does not move or, or sing like one. Have you never seen a photo of Shakira before? No, I have, but like it, like it. One, she's been, blonde, it's, man. It's been a long time. Well, it's dyed blonde. Oh, um, it's been a long time, but also the red hair like completely threw me off. I was like, that's not what I thought she looked like. I thought it was like, oh, she, anyways. And then J Lo only mentioned that because of the prop bets we, we talked about, like how many 
costume changes. Costume changes, and you nailed it. Is she had two changes? She had three outfits, but two changes. It's a good line. But after the first change, we're like, what's there's nothing left to take off. Like a, a, a quick change is usually like removing clothing to get down to something else. Um, after her first one, like there's not much left, but there's enough of a break that they put something on, which I yeah. thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was like a 15 minute, it, it doesn't, maybe they're always this long, but that was 14 or 15 minutes, I think. Oh, and the other prop bet was the national anthem, which clocked in at like what? 145. It's like a good a full she sped seconds. through that. She Shorter. sped through that. That was that was incredible. I I really thought that would be over the two minute mark, but once I saw there was instrumental accompaniment, that's when you that's when you got to keep it tight. A whole lot less freestyling with yeah. the instrument. Um, other things we we talked about were uh, the the jersey number of the first player to score. Uh, the line was at like twenty six. I took the over because I thought it was going to be Kelsey. It was Mahomes. Yeah, it was, it was Mahomes. Under. It was the under. Yep. Um, I thought it was be Kelsey as well. Number of players to attempt to pass. It nearly was three. Samuel. Yeah. Did, he thought about Debo it. Debo Samuel almost threw it, uh, but ended up tucking it running because um, it was at a two and a half. I remember watching that play, and even though I had zero money on these prop bets. You're like, oh, that was it. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that was my chance to not make any money on anything. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure um, that there was some someone in Vegas though that really almost lost it. Yeah, they would. Uh, I'm gonna put 500 bucks on that. I think uh, there's no way they're gonna have a some other person throw a pass. I'm Samuel like, played quarterback at some point, right? I'm sure. I'm sure he did. He's coming around, pulls a ball. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, pass it. <laughs> anyways, there, there, there was several. I, I don't have the the sheet in front of me. Where over time so oh yeah we're flying we're, we're flying way past everything uh national signing day was today going back to college football texas tech um there was one high school player recruit that signed with texas tech this morning philip bleedy a defensive end out of portales new mexico had an interesting conversation because there's a familial tie with his host family um in my office because bleedy is of legit african descent like his his parents um are are in an african country and i can't remember which one it is but he he's living uh in the united states he has a younger brother with some family members of somebody that works in my office um so he actually tweeted tuesday or monday this week that he was decommitting from texas tech but his final two were texas and kansas Hmm. she told me because she knows this actually happened um less miles chartered a flight into Portales this weekend to take him on like one last like dinner recruiting visit. Wow. Portales, New Mexico, less miles. <laughs> Didn't work apparently, but well, that's uh that's pretty good though. Defensive end. He's working. Blue. Yep. The remainder of the class though, I think we've heard Wells say that he intends to fill with grad transfers. Um, we'll continue to look there or another small handful of spots left. Uh, there was only one other high school guy in the recruiting class that didn't sign back in the early signing period in December. I think it's fairly widely known that he was not going to um, qualify and that he had he and the program parted ways, essentially. So you had a signing day really quiet. Texas Tech, you only signed one player because uh, the majority of your guys were signed back in December. Wells looking for grad transfers to help fill out secondary Offensive line, yeah. quarterback, yeah, 
Speaking of quarterback, did you see that uh, Duffy was denied admission to Central Michigan? I did see that, and I'm unsure why yet. There's been some rumors floating around as to why, but don't know yet. Also weird that like it's February and they were still working through admissions. He he needs to be in like in class on campus. Practice is coming up. Well, what's also weird is. Um, he was allowed at a Texas Tech as a degree, <laughs> but he can't get into he can't, Central Michigan or Tulane. I I I maybe can understand Tulane, although I don't think that was purely academic. Uh, this may not be either, but it's 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 really weird. But it's also strange that like the people that are denying him, maybe for other than academic reasons. They're not saying that, though. Well, no, but they're, if that's the case, that they're not satisfied with how everything went down at Texas Tech or how it was handled and his discipline, all that kind of stuff. It's like Possibly. Also, remember that this was not a Kingsbury punishment. It was a university punishment. It was a, it's a Title, title IX office. Yeah. Like, they handled all that. Anyways, one last thing. You got some interesting mail. I did. I have um, last season, I bought a season ticket parking pass. And so they gave me, they sent me a season ticket packet renewal this year, which I will, I will not be getting a parking pass this year. <laughs> you, um, you don't want to get more, more solicitation. Well, I just won't. But the, the main thing I wanted to point out, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but there was a, there's a 2020 season preview. It's got four bullet points here and it is not the most exciting or uplifting season preview that I've, I've read before. So I'll just read a few of them. Um, the Red Raiders will look to return to bowl eligibility. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does, man. In 2020, under second-year head coach Matt Wells. We look to return to bowl eligibility. Who will return a whopping 14 starters on both sides of the ball, as well as all three specialists. So that's important. Which means you're returning 11 starters on offense and defense. So half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of the 22 possible. This, this, this part got me the most. The list of returners for Texas Tech includes all Big 12 first-team recipient Austin McNamara. <laughs> Very who, cleverly who for, worded phrase there. Who The word punter is not mentioned at all. <laughs> but no, no, no. In no. this he's, paragraph. He's, he's all Big 12, man. He is. And... and not to take anything away from McNamara, he was fantastic. Oh, for sure. <laughs> he was truly but one of the best players on the team. The fact that his position was omitted yeah. to elevate. That's that's very clear. I mean, they should have included that he was all first team punter, Austin McNamara. I don't know why you would leave that out. Um, but anyway, as well as second team honoree, Eli Howard. Um, Tech also brings back its first, its pair of preseason All Big Twelve recipients. We're talking preseason awards now, guys. From 2019, in Adrian Fry and Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson didn't even play last season. Nope, but he was a preseason <laughs> All Big Twelve recipient. Oh my gosh, guys! The, the marketing department here, like I, Ooh, I, there's grasping I, for straws. Understand the struggle to fill this page with content because you—I mean, you—you you probably could have loaded up with, with images, right? <laughs> I and, think so. And gone the easy way, but like, no, they, these guys—they like oh, we're going to write something, and they—they they had to dig, <laughs> looking for preseason 2019 accolades 
as a reason to sell 2020 season tickets, um, including one player that didn't even play last year. <laughs> Jack Anderson was hurt like game one. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that, that gets me, and it, it's at the like at the end of the the last paragraph of the bullet point here. They, they 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 want you to know that there are seven home games this year. Yeah, which is which is new or not new, but it hasn't. They they make it clear that you this is the first time it's happened since '09. But something else that I like to do, and I know that I I've noticed Kirby Hokut does it. He justifies raising season ticket prices. He's like, well, guys, we're, we're having Oklahoma in, in in Texas in Lubbock. Okay, great. But do you lower the season tickets when they're those games are in Norman and in Austin? Hell no. You make us pay the same amount. But when they're in, you use them as like, we have to pay more. Yeah, you have to. No. But next year, you're also going to pay more. And the It'll, year after that, you'll pay more. And then, and then don't, we all die. Don't use your conference schedule as a way to sell more tickets. Like That's the same every two years. Uh, but yeah, they will... Oh, Tech will see six of its top eight tacklers from last season return. Cool. Um, namely linebackers Rico Jeffers and Xavier Benson, as well as defensive backs Thomas Leggett and Zach McPherson. I thought Leggett was graduating. I guess not. He's coming back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, hey man, Thomas Leggett's back. You buy that season ticket. <laughs> but it's just the home slate features visits from six Power Five programs, including Arizona as well as Big 12 foes, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia, and in-state rival Texas. I hate that we single out Texas. What They, they had to break up UT and Oklahoma. I mean, I guess you could still do that just in the sentence. Just take out in-state rival. Just say Texas. It's, let's, not, let's not give them any, any damn extra sauce. Let's just know Texas will be here. I, 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 was, I was thinking... That maybe it was the only in-state game we played. No, it's Baylor. There's Baylor and Texas this year. Yeah, yeah, Baylor's here. Um, so anyway, kind of a. If okay. that doesn't get you ready, are you? Is anyone ready to renew season tickets? Because that Baylor I mean, game, though, I think it. is going to be a whole like it's going to be fascinating. Yes, with Dave Aranda as their head coach. I'm very interested in this and how Baylor's going to go. They got him one. When, when Texas Tech was looking for a defensive coordinator, whatever year it was, like, we need to go get a Ronda. He was so good. Turned us down um, and then ended up at Wisconsin again, or Wisconsin, and then LSU. I don't know if it would have lined up to, to hire him as a head coach, but didn't end up in our, our search either time. Um, basically priced out of, 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 of Tech's defensive coordinator hiring range. Um but yeah, he's he's at uh, at Baylor now, replacing Matt Rule, who's now with the Carolina Panthers. If you remember, but that'll be an interesting game. He's in a pretty good place too, Rule. Um, just real quickly, season tickets range anywhere from if you want to sit in the like northeast corner of the stadium, it's like one seventeen. That what that is one ninety five. That's the cheapest season ticket no, I, you can I, buy. I, I, oh, section. section. No, two. you're exactly right. It's one sixteen and one seventeen. My uh-huh. bad. And then 121 and 122. Which are the south corners. Yeah, those are the southeast corners. Um, 
You can get there for 195 if you want to stay in the stadium. Uh, seats go all the way up to 955 a seat. Um, and then we're start to talk about club level and which I, I, loge, 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 loge seating. The loge seating is um, 2830 bucks mm-hmm. a seat. Um, one of the highest options and you get to sit in full damn sun at 11 a.m. Uh, and then Are those on the east side club level. No, the loge seating's on the north end zone. Mm. So there's no shade ever. You have to wait no, for sunset. There's really, yeah. I mean, the sun's got to be way behind the west side. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, at only $2,830, it's worth it. But hey, for those seats, you could be inside. You could be. Yeah. But then you can why go are in you and out. Paying for that seat. Right. So, you, I all mean, right, sorry. prices range all the way from one one ninety five a pop to thirty three hundred and eighty. So, some options to choose from. So when I was, I, I Samantha and I had season tickets one one season, and it was a they were running a promotion for young alumni. They basically yes. reached, reached out to you after after you graduated your first season and said, "I remember that." It's basically buy one get one. Like, hell yeah, we're gonna get season tickets for half price, and we sat in. Uh, it was one of the sections you just brought up. One twenty two. One twenty two. Okay. So we were one twenty two is southeast corner. The entrance to that section is on the south side. With the students. Right. No, no, no. I, so, so I meant like in the actual section itself, like the tunnel comes oh. in on the south side. Yes. I got you. Our seats were right next to the tunnel. Like we were as far south as you can get. We were probably a third of the way up that section. They weren't terrible seats, but like they weren't very good. <laughs> and I think we paid one fifty, but we had two season tickets and we went to every game. Yeah. So now if you got those same seats, you'd pay $400, $400 plus. And so we, we also were exempted out of the Red Raider club. Uh, yes. Co- contribution level for that. That's, that's also true. You don't get into red Raider red Raider contribution club level till the next one. And then that's a minimum two fifty five per seat. <sighs> good times. Gosh, it just adds up. It does. Adds up fast. All right, really quickly, because we're moving so slowly tonight. Glacial pace. Three basketball games, football, Super Bowl. Let's talk about tech baseball. Um, season starts next Friday, the 14th, against Houston Baptist. The final preseason rankings have come out. Texas Tech is a consensus top 10. I think the lowest ranking they have is six. Um, I think there are seven or eight rankings the majority of those are at number three. I think there are two number sixes. So remember, eight teams go to Omaha, and you're a preseason ranking number three. And I think this is the third year in a row you've been ranked atop the Big 12. Yeah, so you're also preseason Big 12 number one. Uh, it's at least back-to-back years, if not three in a row. I think it's three because they, it either is the first time that's happened or the only – you know, maybe the second time that the same team's been ranked three times for sure. At we're, the top. we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail here. One, cause we're, we're running so late Two because Keith Patrick does a way better job with this. Check out the dinger derby. Um, he's been going to the, the spring practices and scrimmages. <laughs> That's I right. I don't know how he weaseled himself into that. Although he's got connections. He does. He, he should. Had, he actually introduced me to coach J Bob Thomas at the basketball game last night. We were walking in, um, 
going to our seats, we, we came in the opposite corner of the arena than where our seats were. And on the long side of the arena that we're walking down, they had the baseball team there signing um, like poster schedules for this season. J. Bo Thomas was already leaving from that, but he and Keith uh, like introduced themselves and talked to each other at the um, kickoff luncheon last week or the week before. Um, and so the, the, they recognized that they t- talked to each other. Uh, he introduced me to the, the coach Thomas, which is pretty cool. Um, very, yeah. And then we went and kind of talked to some of the, the players there, but he was like having conversation with these guys from the practice, from the scrimmages. It's like, man, must be nice. He's plugged. He's plugged. Anyways. In. So you're going to get that kind of content, that kind of inside look. If you listen to his podcast, Dinger Derby, uh, second episode so far this season, um, after the crossover episodes, he's released three this year. Well, one was with uh, Gus and... And that was last week's. Yes. It was Gus and um, George Watson. And then he also did the... And this week is with... the I think just a schedule preview this week. But he, he, he was on with uh, Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. Oh, yeah. He had Kendall too. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, so you're going to get a whole lot... More in-depth information from Keith. He's got the uh, the access that, all, that we don't have, um, but and the insight that I don't have—that's for sure. <laughs> but th- this team really, basically, um, your pitching staff absolutely loaded. You've got um, Micah Dallas, and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Bryce Bonin returning as your probable one and two starters, your weekend starters. And you've got just a whole bunch of guys you could look at for your third starters and your fourth and fifth, depending on your weekends and your midweek games. Uh, your depth there, your pitching staff, both your starters and your bullpen, is phenomenal. Uh, John McMillan is still working out to see if he can be a starter um, or if he's going to be like a late reliever. I, I would love to see him as a closer, but you've got guys like uh, Clayton Beater, um, McMillan and there's one other guy that Labar mentioned that throws like upper 90s. All guys that could come in late innings and close games out that throw just absolute gas. Um, saw all of them at the game. I think the entire team was there, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I got to talk to a bunch of those guys. McMillan had three of his Big 12 championship rings on, or his own, like they were whatever they were, just massive rings on one hand. That's great. There are three of them. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. The The schedule has been released, the, the TV schedule. Um, Michael has very astutely pointed out, you do not need your ESPN Plus subscription for this. I know um, there's a local sports anchor that was like, well, the, the baseball's going to be doing well. You don't, need to, you don't need to drop the ESPN Plus subscription. He responded to my tweet last week, whenever it was, when you after you uh, played West Virginia, that you can go ahead and cancel that. Your baseball schedule is not going to be on ESPN plus it's gonna be on Fox until you right there at the very end. And then you're a, a couple of, um, series on ESPN. Yeah. So and on, then, on ESPN, U or ESPN two. But if you want to watch every home game, you will need Texas tech TV, which, which I is, think is nine ninety five a month. Yeah. It's a little bit more, but you you're always going to get your, your, your home announcers. Yeah. Um, and it's, you are for sure, you know where that's coming from. You're not like, is it on 
Is it on Fox? Is it on ESPN? What channel is that? Is, oh. that on, is that in my package? Do I get that channel? Do I have to stream it using the app or can I stream it using my cable service or can I? Yeah. Yep. It's easy. Get to Texas Tech TV. I'm not here to sell that, but it's, it's, it's easy. Um, and then Keith and I are going to be meeting back up again. We are going to the tailgate dinner this Friday night at Kegels. We, I did this last year for my first time. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I um. You get to hear from a couple of players. Last year it was uh, Josh Young, and there was another upper class. Maybe it was Cam Warren. Could have been Warren. And then obviously um, he's, he's the the most upper of upperclassmen. <laughs> and then um, Coach Tadlock. The rest of the team is there with dinner. You get to meet and talk to them. They have a silent auction. I believe tickets maybe still still on sale. You have to you have to buy that through the. Red Raider Club, I believe, or Alumni Association. I can't remember. I, this is terrible. I just bought mine uh, last week. $40, but you get dinner at, at, at Kegels. Uh, and then obviously this discussion presentation. Uh, last year they started off with like a the like a 10-minute highlight video of the previous season. Oh, man. Which was really cool. Yeah. Um, They'll have a really good highlight video this year. Especially if you – Think about the Super Regional against Oklahoma State. Yes. That Sunday game, that third game, and that the crazy weather where you had like 10 home runs yeah. combined. And Kurt Wilson hit that three-run bomb. To, oh, love it. <laughs> so excited. That, that one's going to make the cut. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyways, so baseball season is upon us. Next week, we'll, we'll get one more, um, one more podcast in before the season actually starts. But really, if, if you're if you're jonesing for – Texas Tech baseball coverage, you need to follow Dinger Derby, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, I believe that's all we had going into questions. Mike, was there anything else? <laughs> no. Even if there was, I would say no. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's get this all queued up. Let's get to your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, we got a couple questions. Kyle's Raider Power Double T. Texas Tech basketball has been competitive all season, losing to good teams by a bucket or two. Do you think Texas Tech can still make a run in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. I think um, we're we're all a little captivated, not captivated, but we're all kind of prisoners of their record right now. Like they're barely over five hundred; they're only five and four. Yeah. Um, here in a couple of weeks, I think you're going to be looking at like an eleven and four team. Anybody, I hope you're right. Yeah, uh, and it's it's. Dan Swanee Swanberg was in town for this game. Caught up with him. He he's all in 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 the into Texas Tech basketball. If you don't follow his writings on Staking the Plains, you definitely should. Um, he doesn't think this team is a Final Four type team, but he says if they don't make the Sweet Sixteen, he's going to be disappointed. Okay, Sweet Sixteen this year be fantastic it'd be the obviously the first time you, you've done that deep into the tournament three years in a row um so basically get out of the first weekend alive mm-hmm. and then you know most expectations will be kind of met right so right now i think you're projecting anywhere between that eight to ten seed range remember when i was saying like eight or nine seed <laughs> weeks ago um 
but those are those are tricky games, right? Oh yeah, because you're you're right in the middle of that bracket because it's it's a seven ten and then eight nine are, are those those matchups. Um, well, then sometimes they even throw in uh, the play. Like they'll make it. A, yeah, that may be you made one of the play in games uh, at eight or eleven or something like that. So that yeah. could even be a something to consider. But yeah, I, I think they can make a run in the tournament, but. I am not going to predict a Final Four type thing. No. Or Final Monday. No. Not, not, I mean, not right now. I don't know. Not currently. And, and we would have said the same thing in early February last season, too. We would not have said no. that play for a national title. <laughs> no. I don't, we, we, we wouldn't have. Kyle also asked, or he says, Patrick freaking Mahomes, he did what he could not. He, he, he did what he could not do at Texas Tech and won it all. Do you think Cliff was really that bad as a college head coach, or is it really that hard to win at Texas Tech? Well, you, Spencer, you've already gone into your theory that <laughs> he tanked the defense. Cliff was so galaxy brained that he actually tanked the defense on purpose to prep Mahomes for this exact moment. But I, I think well, I mean, okay, Cliff was not. He was not given a very big budget to go find some guy that that can coach great defense. He also didn't have the connections. Even I, I think even if he had the budget, that he would have been like, yeah, who would have listened to him? You know, there may have been, he may have had some great names that he tried to talk to, and they're going, yeah, I don't know who you are, kid. Good luck. Or the reverse, like he just he maybe had more budget than he like he had access to more budget had he reached out to. X candidate or whatever. Yeah, I, I definitely think things could have been handled differently. Um, but it was, uh, I, I don't know, <clears throat> Kyle, we're kind of seeing it's pretty hard to win here in, in football for whatever reason. Uh, obviously, baseball's gotten over the hump, uh, basketball, of course, uh, several of the women's sports too, track field, my gosh. I mean, just about everybody. They won a national title. Yeah, just about <laughs> everybody. But base uh, football's gotten over the hump. So, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just getting older and either more jaded or more pessimistic or what. But I'll have to, I'll have to see it before I think it's whether it's really hard to win here or not. Because I, I think it is kind of hard to win here in football. I really do. I, it, it's hard to, to separate those two, right? I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's solely Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think it's solely Texas Tech, Lubbock, or whatever. No, no. Combination. His weaknesses were magnified by the weaknesses of the program. And like, his inexperiences yeah. as a head coach. I mean, obviously the offense was humming along, like we pointed out before. Mahomes had, almost always has the yeah. best 20 years. Mahomes had him at 43 points per game. Second in the nation. You still lost eight games. Yeah. All right. Tyler Timmons, uh, look up snow ice cream. Feed it to your significant other and children. Thank me later. So I think I've had this before as a kid, but I haven't looked it up in forever. Um, really brief. It looks like you just, you collect, you freshly, collect snow. freshly fallen snow, fresh fallen snow, obviously not off the dirt, the ground. You don't want any like discolored snow. And then you mix in some flavorings. Yeah. Sugar, vanilla, chocolate, whatever. Um, and you get a a sweet treat. Yeah, that's not too bad. Of course, you would have had to do that pretty quick today because that snow started smelting. Smelting. Started smelting almost immediately. 
what little we got. Lubbock may maybe got what would you say three inches? Maybe the majority of it fell this morning. Yeah, it was between like mid morning, like nine between nine and eleven was mm-hmm. when it, it was not overnight. No, no, there was a dusting. It was a dusting overnight. That was really about it. But I know places south of here, like Tahoka, I think they were got five inches overnight, and then they also got that same snow we did uh, during the day. So I know a lot of places around here got it, but a little bit proper didn't really get a whole lot of snow. No, and not till Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Wednesday, um, Wednesday. Yeah, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's let's talk about what we learned really quickly since we are pushing two hours. <laughs> What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. Not that it's unsurprising for anybody that's lived in Lubbock, but the city shuts down anytime there's any chance hint of snow. Yes. Obviously, it doesn't help that the the forecasts are saying accumulation of three to six inches, possibly more. And then today's weather, I mean, it got to 34 maybe mm-hmm. for like... Tw- 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then tonight's overnight low is like 12. Yeah. But like when you have that kind of weather, you, you kind of worry about like the little bit of snow that you have kind of like thaws a little bit and then like instantly refreeze and you get like slick ice. I drove over here tonight. Roads are basically dry. There's not going to be, there will be some ice for sure. There's still, still some wet spots and puddles that'll refreeze. But, but the sun came out enough today. Yeah. To to nix most of that, yeah, it was. I, I understood the rural schools, and I I can't say the word rural. Rural. I am from a rural community. Um, maybe that's why I can't say it. I don't know. Markle. <laughs> yep. Uh, go Badgers! But um, the Badgers have a really weird district this year, by the way. Yeah, that, that so that that UIL reclassification Ooh, realignment. My Badgers have got to be those buses better be in good shape. Because they're going to be putting in some miles on the Yellow Dogs, uh, going to Jacksboro, but from Merkel or to be fair, Glen so Rose. The rest of that district is also traveling because, like, well, Merkel is is the furthest out. But like, if you're going from Jacksboro to what's that one that's like southeast of, of Merkel? Um, also in that district. Well, there's Eastland. Eastland is due east of Merkel. That's in that district, and I think possibly Glen Rose in Dublin and Jacksboro. Anyways. And this other town with an M that I'd never heard of, I had to look it up, and I still can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's not good. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about um, <laughs> snow, rural, oh, rural. rural communities. They 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 uh, they canceled some schools, uh, some school days for the rural communities, which I kind of get. Um, but then Lubbock had already decided well, to wait till ten. Yeah, so Lubbock announced Lubbock ISD announced they were going to be a delayed start. Today, Wednesday, like five o'clock the night before, like before yeah. anything had started to fall, like we're gonna be on delayed starts, like right. And then you don't I even think, know what's coming. And then I think five thirty in the morning, they decided to close completely. Yeah. So I, I got the text from the Cooper School District, like five ten, that yeah. they're gonna be closed a day. Yeah. And then and really, I mean, it only made sense for like three hours to. <laughs> it would have made sense to, to everyone could have gotten to school. I think not everyone, but most everyone could have gotten to school. It would have made everybody really nervous to have that delay and while it's snowing for like that, crazy for that then little down flurry that we had at like nine o'clock this morning. But if like, they oh hadn't had the delay, if anyone just showed up like normal, 
then they would have been at school while it was snowing. And how fun is that? That's happened to me, I think, twice in my life to actually I've, I've be never, at school while it snowed. I've never been at school while it snows because I think anytime that we get close, like it's like usually snows overnight here in Texas for some reason. It never snows during right. the day. Um, and then you're always canceled the next day. Yeah. Like, I, I've never had a delayed start at school. And I've never been at school while it snows. Well, you're you're a Dallas kid, right? Mm-hmm. See, I'm I'm from that Merkel rural community. Merkel. We didn't have very many. We didn't have very many snow days. I don't remember very many, um, but we did have them, and I do remember a few delayed starts here and there. And yeah, I I didn't want to ride the bus on on my seventy mile an hour FM road on one of those <laughs> on one of those icy mornings. So that was fine with me. So yeah, man. Lubbock. Just canceling everything except Dan's flight, apparently. Poor Dan. Dan has the story of a lifetime about... Harrowing experience on United this morning, trying to go back to Houston. And the pilot going against the tower. It was hilarious read. Aborting a takeoff, I think. Several times, apparently. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. We will be back next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.